Focus Association for Sustainable Development, or Friends of the Earth Slovenia. After a two-year process to join the network, Friends of the Earth Slovenia is now officially our newest member. And this podcast is about welcoming, focus, and getting to know them better. So we are speaking with Jiva from Focus Friends of the Earth Slovenia. Jiva, can you start by telling us who you are and what's your role in Friends of the Earth Slovenia? Yeah, I'm Jira. I'm uh, currently a chairperson of Focus Association for Sustainable Development. Uh, I'm covering actually the program called Sustainable Consumption and Global Education or Global Responsibility. But as we are a very, uh, we are not a hierarchical organization, we are working very, we have a flat structure that it doesn't mean that I'm the one who is deciding anything. So it's just a function I have in the organization. <laughs> Could you say the whole name for us in Slovenian? Yeah, it's Focus Društvo za Sonaraven Razvoj. That would be literally a Focus Association for Sustainable Development. <laughs> Ziva, talk us a bit about the history of Focus. When was it founded? It was founded in 2003 as a platform to do something more also in Slovenia because the founders were already involved in uh, European networks, but they wanted to do some activities linked to environmental protection and climate change also in Slovenia. So this is how it was founded, more of enthusiasm of and wish to work on the issue of climate change. Uh, but then it kind of grew and developed in an organization, now we are seven. We are still working in the field of climate change. That was all the time, like kind of a red line of our activities. But since uh, through development of the organization, we uh, came to the conclusion that you cannot work on climate change without working on human rights, on development issues. And actually you cannot even avoid criticizing the system as such. So it's also looking for alternatives. Uh, We expanded our area of work. Uh, in which areas are you working currently? So we have, in, in basically we have a couple of areas, we call them programs. And it is, one is climate change. Uh, this is the program where we mostly work on policies. So policies on national, local, European level, and we were also taking part in international negotiations, but then we 
quit because we were rating the pros and cons, uh, looking at resource use, at efficiency, and this because of the slow pace of the negotiations and weak results, we decided just not to really be very, very much involved in it. Then we have the program of energy. This is a field where we have uh, we are working a lot on efficiency, on the sustainability of energy, on energy poverty, on different management of projects. Also, this is the human perspective when we talk about uh, community management. Uh, where the third program is called the sustainable mobility program. This is where we cover also from uh, working with schools to working on policies on national and European level mostly. Uh, mostly it's about sustainable mobility, talking about sustainable mobility, meaning mostly non-motorized mobility, but also we try to engage and promote also the public transport, which is not so easy if it doesn't work very well. <laughs> Then it's the field that I work in, it's global responsibility and consumption. This is we are mainly making campaigns, trying to involve with more lifestyle topics, but also trying to talk about global responsibility through developing um, the global education or citizenship education, whatever we call it, um, with the schools and other multipliers. This is where we talk about our roles. And then we have the field we are calling degrowth. This is the field which is also cross-cutting. And we are trying to talk about different possibilities, alternative possibilities of development of human organization, of different theories. So yeah, and there are many cross-cutting issues, especially here where we are looking at uh, scholars, try to involve them in thinking about, I mean, beyond GDP growth. So mostly these are our problems. And... How many members do you have like for all the organization? The members are around 100 plus minus. Not so many active because our membership is divided in uh, active members and passive members. Passive members are those who are interested in the topics but don't want to engage in the organization. And then we have active members. Those are the ones who can comment, who can uh, come to our events. I mean, everybody can come to our events, but like uh, General Assembly, who can vote. Uh, and they have a more active role also in commenting when we have our important documents, like plans for the future, like reports for the for the past and so on. So this is the members. And how about 2018? Some highlights to tell us about? Yeah, uh, one of the big campaigns we had like in last year was the campaign on community management where we were working with a lot of local communities trying to establish the basis looking from uh, legislational perspectives, organizational perspectives from, to capacity building in uh, municipalities uh, in order for them to be actually capable of organizing things in participatory manners. We did a lot of uh, workshops with local communities for them as well, how to connect and do something in their own place and space. Uh, we did also a lot of networking among them. That was also the point of showing that we do have already projects in this field and also to connect them among them to see that they can actually learn from each other. So this was a strong like line of work we had. We did a very good campaign also in uh, energy poverty where our work in the last past few years resulted also in the legislation and funds being uh, reserved for this issue uh, and also projects being developed in this issue, be it in a, on a research level and on a level of household. Mm -hmm. 
the like uh, nice campaign we had also last year was a campaign with youth where we were writing a youth manifesto with four uh, with three other countries so the youth was actually involved we were just trying to help them with the methods and not to put the words in their mouth so they developed and presented a youth manifesto in uh, European Parliament which is also mostly focused on environmental justice, climate change and human rights be it in Europe and also outside of Europe. So that was a really nice campaign. Plus we have some campaigns which are uh, ongoing, like the Buy Nothing Day campaign, which is ongoing for the last more than 10 years. And then the mania. And the Youth Manifesto had really an international or at least European perspective. It wasn't a manifesto for Slovenia. No, it wasn't a manifesto for Slovenia. We did it with uh, three other organizations, one from Italy, Austria and Poland. Okay. So we were uh, also gathering the youth who, who were more actively involved in writing the manifesto on two gatherings. So we were facilitating them in writing it so they could actually put the message through and then a smaller group of youth went to European European Parliament we wanted also to for them not not just to write a manifesto and present it we also wanted to um, build their capacity in advocacy issues and so then actually it's very important to do something to influence the local and also policy level and I think I think it was good. Could you talk us about some of the successes that Focus has achieved since it was created? Yeah I can I can just like mention a few on the field of energy. That was the change of legislation. If you talk about self-sufficiency with energy, with electric energy from uh, renewables, this is like a new thing, which is on the legislative level in Slovenia, because now it will be possible also to make community projects on the sustainable energy field, because before it was really, really, really hard. Um, this was one of the successes. Maybe I didn't mention before we did the first like summer school on political ecology, where we brought the topic on the university, on the faculty for social sciences, and we had like really more than 100 participants every day. So it was a platform to like introduce a little bit stronger the concept of political ecology, of uh, degrowth, of climate justice, energy justice. Uh, also on this field, like research field, academy field, but also the media was kind of writing a lot because we had some, I think, really good speakers. So they took them over. I think the, the concepts were promoted in a, in a good way. Um, so, the, I mean, these are few of them. And the one I, I said already is on the energy poverty where the legislation and funds got together. But I think we were also involved in the in the campaign which was talking about the importance of civil society organization and we managed with other organizations we were not the mainly actors but we were involved in <laughs> succeeding like some um, uh, this campaign about the importance of civil society organizations what's it about there is a special system in Slovenia where every citizen can give 0.5 percentage of their income tax for 
whatever reasons they want to, like few humanitarian, civil society organizations and stuff. But only a small percentage of Slovenians were doing it. So the those who didn't do it went just to the regular budget, national budget. But now it's going towards civil society organizations. So we managed also to change the legislation in uh, from the point of view of, of support to civil society from that side. As a result of things you were doing, more people now choose to give their money to a particular cause. Is that right? This, but not only because those who didn't decide to give it, they, the, that money now doesn't go to a general budget, national budget, but it, it's for the purposes of development of the civil society organizations. Okay. So more organizations can get some funds if they, of course, apply for them. But I think that's also a great success because there are many, many, many small organizations who didn't have any sources to fund their, their yeah. So would you, would you say that the situation for civil society is quite healthy in Slovenia? I mean, bearing in mind that it's a quite small country. Yeah, I think it's quite okay. It's not very good. It's not very bad. I think it's quite okay. I mean, if I compare it to maybe different contexts, different organizations, different uh, countries. Yeah, I mean, we are all small organizations and also, of course, the funds for, for us are not so big in many countries. But I think it's yes, it's okay. Also now, luckily, we have a good cooperation among us. Uh, also, with with the current government, it's quite new, so we will see what's going on. Um, so I would say yes, it's not a bad situation. Jiva, I'd be interested to hear a bit more about Focus's work on degrowth. Mm-hmm. It strikes me that you are one of the more advanced groups in our network when it comes to thinking and talking about degrowth. Perhaps you could expand a bit on how what that cross-cutting work looks like. Yeah, we started to work on degrowth when we were actually we were, we were talking about our future work in one of our plannings. I mean, it, we didn't call it degrowth exactly, but we said, okay, we need some kind of system change, uh, which is deeper than just uh, being green a little bit. Uh, and we came across the movement like um, World Social social Forums and uh, similar. But then we found out that there was a conference on degrowth in uh, Venezia. And we decided to visit it. And that was, I think, the initial step with it towards uh, thinking about alternatives to current systems. Since 2016, we were even co-organizers of the conference which was going on in uh, Budapest together with, with the Croatian organizers and the Hungarian organizers. So we were, let's say, reading a lot and writing a lot about, about the issue. We established a working group, which is a very fluid one in Slovenia, and kind of contributed to the translation of a book on degrowth as a, the project of degrowth and now we are waiting that in the end of february finally we should have the vocabulary for degrowth translated in slovenia as well i mean now it's mostly being translated but it has to be edited and uh, published um we try to introduce the issue also in the faculty of social sciences even before the conference we had last year So when we had the opportunity to invite somebody or to host some uh, speakers, researchers who are working in the issue, uh, we tried to bring them to, especially to the students and professors who are a little bit more progressive. So in each project we have, we try to include also this perspective. 
And also, if you look at the community management uh, projects we have, we kind of think of them as part of the degrowth, uh, be it movement or development or whatever, but we see it as a way of changing the, how the society works. And how many people was reached in this community management project? Well, this is the in the community management project. This is the third year we were in now. Well, yeah, 2018 was the third year we were working on it. And in the last year, we reached about 40,000 people through different in different ways. Some were through projects, those were, those were less, of course, but the others were through media, uh, through local media, through working with the uh, municipalities, conferences, having more talks. The reason that prompted us to get in touch with you, Jiva, and have this uh, interview is that Foe Slovenia became officially a full member of Friends of the Earth International and therefore Friends of the Earth Europe um, after a two-year process being an associate member. At the end of last year, you became a full member of the network. Could you say a bit briefly about that journey, like what prompted you to be a member of Friends of the Earth International and um, yeah, how you went about it? So from, we had, we were supporting several campaigns since, now it's more than 10 years. Um, yeah, I would say 13 something, but even maybe more. Uh, we said that maybe the time came to, to really apply for a membership and we started to work we started to work with many members like closely and then we said well let's apply we applied we were surprised and happy about it because yeah we were also cont- uh, following the different educational activities from France, friends of the earth Europe in between while we still weren't members so we were lucky um, and then we applied and we were surprised about the process which is good because it was a very thorough process process we were really they really analyzed us properly I would say uh, and it was also a good point for us to have a thought and uh, like an overview of our own organization from a, and maybe a little bit outside point of view and yeah last year we became like full members and I think it's it was for me as a person who was in Nigeria on the BGM for me, it was like very empowering to see what's going on in the network, to see how many activities are going on all over the year or the, the world. Uh, and I also kind of felt lucky because we were we are don't have such hardship as some of the members. But because of the solidarity and support in the network, I think it's uh, I think it's very good that we are we became also officially members, not just. Uh, the, the organization who works in cooperation, but as a mem- as a full member, so it's I think a very good thing for us and for the network, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, yeah, the meeting that you referred to in Nigeria—that was the Friends of the Earth International biannual general meeting that takes place every other year and is the major meeting of the International Federation, um, which happened in late 2018 in Nigeria. Could you give us a bit more of a flavor of what it's like? Yeah, it's... um it was very important for me to see the faces behind the organizations in the network. 
uh, it was very important that we were working together on some concrete things, like be it developing papers to organizing, I don't know, uh, talent shows and morning events to start the day. I think all those things were really important to, to fill the network because one thing is to know about it and to read about it, but something else is to meet the people who are standing behind. Uh, it was very intensive. We were working really, really a lot, but I think it was also very, very good because we could develop. Uh, I mean, we did work on the development of the network as such. We really had very good conversations and we really have to, I mean, it's also a space where we can remind ourselves that our truth, it's not only, it's not the only truth we have, but there are several truths all around the world. And there are several perspectives on the problems we are working on. So I think if you talk about solidarity, that's really important that we meet like that. I think. Are you already working together with some other Friends of the Earth groups in some projects? Yeah, we are working together on the European elections uh, coming this year. So this is one of the projects we are working together. We still have to meet to to see what the others are doing and to find what where can we uh, connect more. But yeah, we do have, we do work with members of the networks. Usually it's uh, connected to the region, uh, meaning Austria, for example, and uh, Croatia, but also Bosnia, but also with others. We, uh, we had some common applications with friends of the, with uh, different uh, organizations also all around Europe. And how about the future? Have you many more projects coming? The, the few, yeah, we are very happy because we have some very good projects coming. Uh, we have a very good project which is going to be a continuation of community management of life resources. Uh, and we are lucky because we got it for a couple of years in advance. So we are going to work on the issue uh, really almost full time for the next, let's say, at least eight years. <laughs> uh, but we are really happy also because we got the project on uh, the energy poverty issues in the Mediterranean, especially focusing on gender issues and on women. That's also one of the projects we are really proud about. Uh, we are going to work with uh, schools and kindergartens on mobility issues. Uh, and we are continuing with the manifesto we did with youth. We were calling the project My Revolution, where they are going to continue with writing another, uh, continuing with manifesto writing and writing their own uh, wishes and demands actually for the future. Uh, so this is mostly where we are going to work on in the few in the next years. Sounds like you'll be busy. Yes. Um, <laughs> well. Thank you very much. It was really nice to get to know Focus better. And uh, again, welcome fully to the Friends of the Earth family. Really happy to have you in the network and looking forward to working lots with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you as well for the invitation, especially for the Real World Radio, which is, I think, really, it's, I think it's really interesting and really good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. listening to keep up to date with our network campaigns you can follow friends of the earth europe on facebook and twitter and visit our website 
foeeurope.org. Get involved with the Friends of the Earth groups near you by going to foeeurope.org slash network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts. Follow Radio Stories from around the Friends of the Earth International Network, radiomundoreal.fm. Thanks to Pete the Temp for the music. And see you next time. This was Friends of the Earth Europe and Rio Radio. Radio.